thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. But challenge by the ancient laws of combat, we meet here at this chosen ground to settle for good and all who hold sway over the five points. Us, the natives born right wise to this fine land, or the foreign hordes who defile it or defiling it. Fuck. Fucked it up. And I was almost uh JFK there. <laughs> at my challenge by the ancient <laughs> laws of combat uh, era, we are uh Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Bruneview Podcast. Yes. Welcome to the show. You must Smooth be Brad. Smooth criminal. Uh, yeah. Yeah, smooth, I'm Brad. Smooth You're as can Andrew. be. I am. I am. And uh, we're the show that uh, is ant- tack- tackling the tough topic of uh, talking movies. At least mm-hmm. that's what critics are saying. So uh, that's what we're here to do. I know it's, uh, I know it's hard. Everyone's a little nervous, like, well, what if I offend them because oh, yeah. I don't like that movie? What if uh, I really like that movie and they think it's dumb? And we got thick skin. We don't care, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we're, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, good. Uh, yeah, I watched, I didn't think I saw that many movies, but I actually had I have a good, decent list of movies to talk about this week. And... Yeah, I, yeah, I do too, now that I'm kind of cataloging it. Yeah. Going back. So, um, and uh, not so excited about my beer, though. No? 
No. Um, it, well, I mean, just I'm get a it out of the way pony when it comes to beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. I mean, it's unless it's some kind of stout or an IPA. I'm pretty much that's all I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, here we go again because, well, not that I'm doing an IPA, but <clears throat> I did a uh, uh, from Appalachian Brewing Company, which is down in Lancaster or Lancaster, mm-hmm. uh, not too far away from me. Uh, it's called Arrowhead Bach, and it is a Bach, quote unquote, a lager, seven uh, percent, with a uh, IBU of I don't know what, twenty five. So uh, I don't know. It's just like it. It. It's, it's not just, your style. And that's okay. It's it's not it's not bad bad, but it's not it's just not my cup of beer, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's drinkable. It just it leaves that it has that um, taste on the back of my a lager taste on the back of my tongue. Now that's all I, all I can taste. Yeah. And uh, and like and it fills you up quick as well, for some reason for me the loggers do anyways um yeah i gave it a three because it's probably one of the better like logger box i've had but it's not or it's just it's nothing i'm gonna rush out and get another one of i guess so uh, yeah, yeah nothing to write home about bummer or podcast about but we do it anyways because this is this is a public service that's right um, I remind you guys that listening to us is uh, tax deductible. Uh, mm-hmm. So I break out my legal pad here from uh, mm-hmm. one of the the engineerdy guys. <laughs> uh, so I am uh, having another uh, another beer from uh, Master Zed, who was kind enough to uh, send me down some brews. And uh, I'm enjoying a Ninkasi Dawn of the Red. Nice. Red IPA from Eugene, Oregon. Great title. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> so before I put my spin on it, in, in his words, in the words of the man who was kind enough to send them to me, uh, these guys don't do anything part way. They only make big beers, and the Dawn of the Red is one of them. And... Uh, so we, we talked about your, your bread and butter already. This covers a lot of bases for me. I, I love uh, red ales. I love IPAs. Um, I love Eugene, Oregon. Mm. Never been, but big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, 7% beer, uh, 7% ABV, uh, 66 IBUs. Um, it's got a nice hoppy taste to it. You get that that bitterness at the front, and then that kind of like. I think some people use it in uh, in a negative term, but um, I usually describe reds as having kind of a coppery flavor to them. Okay, yeah, but yeah, I like I it. Like, like that's, and maybe it's just I'm not good at articulating that flavor, um, but it but it's something I go for. So it's it's honestly it's like combining. It is combining two styles of beer that I really enjoy, and um, 
I went ahead and uh, hit it with a 4.0, four caps. There you go. Untapped. I always imagine, like, in from all the reds I've had, mm-hmm. it's like the reds usually, whatever it is, like a red, like a Killian's mm-hmm. red, you know, Irish red. I like I, I think of a smoother, like whatever that is, like the, it's a smoother either finish to it. I don't know. I always, for some reason, when it when it has red in the title, I imagine it being just a little smoother than the uh, normal whatever it is. You know, whether it's a red ale or a red lager or red IPA or red dawn. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I don't know why that sticks in my head, but that. Now that you say that that coppery mm-hmm. tint or yeah, you it's know. A, I I think that it's just either like I am enjoying something that is a turnoff to most people, or I'm just not articulating it well. But it is kind of like a metallic taste, maybe I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, but I go for it. Good, I'm glad you like it. Mm-hmm. Cool. And you said that. Uh, Nikasti, Nin, Nin- Ninkasi, yeah, Ninkasti, Ninkazi. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yes. Yeah, so um, thank you again, Eugene Oil, Oregon. Is that where Stranger Things? Uh, Stranger place? Things is in uh, Hawkins, Indiana. Oh, that's right. What am I thinking? I'm, th- I'm thinking Goonies. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Hawkins is a real place. If it is, they have some really fucked up stuff going on. Yes. Or they did. Maybe they handled it. <clears throat> we just don't know. Unless they get picked up for another season. Oh, yeah. And, and the the rare event that they get picked up. They, Have you watched any of they, that yet? They don't beat a dead horse. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. Already making the switch to the old uh, faithful. Yes. I well, reckon, I'd recognize that can anywhere. Yes. And I see what you're drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually drinking it out of uh, Master Zed's koozie. Oh, nice! Sense. It was the their trip, Oregon the Backcountry Country Disco- Discovery Route Five. I like mm-hmm. it. Overlanding. So, anywho, well, good. I'm glad you like your beer. Yeah, and I'm I'm enjoying my beer now. Good. Yeah. Do let's talk about some movies. Let us. Let us, let us. Uh, this is bad. What did I assign you? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, you want to start us off? Uh, sure. All right. So we got uh, from 2012 a movie I should have seen, but I just didn't. Um, Seven Psychopaths, directed by Martin McDowell. McDonough? McDonough. McDowell? McDonough. Anyways, he's known for writing uh, In Bruges, uh, Three Billboards, in well the newest three billboards um what is, did he I'm trying to think of other stuff he directed he did uh he, oh he directed in bruges as well and he did three billboards as well okay so he read, wrote and direct all these okay anyways um so this stars a ton of people mm-hmm. um you know, Colin Farrell, Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, Christopher Walken, uh, Michael Pitt, uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Um, just people showing up everywhere. Uh, uh, just every you'd recognize pretty much every face that comes up in here. So yeah, uh, ensemble cast, but it, it it centers around 
uh, Colin Farrell, um, uh, uh, Christopher Walken, and Sam Rockwell for the most part. <clears throat> and this is this is a movie that is a great example of a movie that has that is a great movie that fails to stick the landing or, you know, fails to complete or, you know, gross, uh, premature ejaculation, I guess. Um, because like the misdirection, I mean, there's a ton of just, um, uh, jumping back and forth in storylines and, and telling different, um, you don't know what's really real, what's not real. You get a, a little bit of that feel from in Bruges a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's maybe a, a little bit of a spoiler alert, but on that, but, um, um, but the, the characters are really rich. Um, I, th- I think I like Colin Farrell as a, as the guy that isn't the cool guy, mm-hmm. you know, isn't the, uh, what was, was that Tony Stahl Scott that did, um, Miami Vice or was that uh, Michael Mann? I'm not sure. Um, I hope it wasn't Michael Mann. Um, but he he was good in this. He reminded me he was um he was, he was a struggling writer, nope. uh, screenplay or or screen screenplay writer. It was uh, Michael Mann, just to clarify. And yeah, so yeah, we don't need that Colin Farrell anymore. We no. all know he's a bad boy. Yeah. He's better. Like he's and uh, Sam Rockwell is amazing as always yeah christopher walken has a little bit like it's the first movie i've seen christopher walken have range in for a long time yeah because a, a lot of times he's he gets hired to do Be his yeah his, the caricature of christopher walken so i agree uh he was really good um the overall the story was really good it just kind of fell apart at the end the story did Mm -hmm. um it still had was decent i enjoyed it um but this is one of those movies kind of like snatch maybe where the all the different storylines come together weave in and out of each other a little bit um and you're trying to follow along but i think it's meant to keep you on your toes Mm -hmm. and not know exactly what's real and what's not um and for the most part i mean i really liked it i gave it an eight Nice. Um, like bordering on a nine. Um, it just it it didn't quite uh, stick the ending. But like all the um, all the characters were great. All the acting was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they did some fun stuff with just the storyline and and kind of mocking this kind of um, caper genre or action genre um they made some comments just about the how there's no like there's no female like there's like all the females either are bad people and even if they aren't they get killed or shot within the first couple <laughs> lines of dialogue or something like that and it just it it was kind of i don't know what he was trying to do with it i don't know i mean but i liked it and i know mm. there was some deeper meaning i'm just not I'm a little too shallow for that uh, that deeper meeting. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Um, I think I said last week I it's one of those that um, I'm pretty shaky on the details because I 
It was uh, one of those I was boozing. I went out with uh, my dad and uh, a family friend of ours, and they... Uh, not my dad anymore, but back back in the day, they could put him back, and I was yeah. uh, just a young lad. I, I honestly would say it, this is worth a rewatch because okay. it it moves really fast. It doesn't maybe one or two times, like five minutes or so worth of kind of dead air, but for the most part, it's snappy. It's it's moving along in a pretty good clip. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Seven Psychopaths. Watch it. It's on stream on Amazon right now. Nice, and, nice. And uh, Amazon Prime. So I would highly recommend it. Nice. Seven Psychopaths. Uh, you assigned me a movie, mm-hmm. a documentary uh, called Voyeur. Or Voy- um, I think they referred to it as, as a voyeur, as voyeurism. <laughs> Yes. So, well, I don't know. Yeah, I've gay. I've, gay kind of kind of goes in and out of where. Yeah. You know. Um. I. Oh. So you wa- <laughs> You watched yeah. it too. Okay. Yes, I did. You overplayed your hand. No, I'm Sorry. just kidding. Um. So it was. Uh, no, I just I just say gay all the time. So. <laughs> so you know it's gay voyeur <laughs> voyeur. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard it pronounced pretty consistently like three different ways. So. Yeah. Whatever. We're going to uh, go with voyeur. Yeah. I, a uh, couple, two tree voyeurs. Um, so it's directed by Miles Kane and Josh Corey. Um, and it's the story of Gerald Foose and Gay Talese. Gerald Foose is a um, motel owner, and Gay Talese is a journalism icon uh, who's reporting on Gerald um, and. His Colorado motel, and where, which is where he allegedly secretly watched his guests with the aid of specially designed ceiling vents peering down from an observation platform he built in the motel's attic. Uh, pretty wild story. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, it is uh, the story of. Gay Talese is. Um, I'm actually interested in in getting more into his work. He's a um, he's written a couple books. Um, I think one was about being like married to the mob. Mm-hmm. Um, I know another one was uh, in a uh, nudist colony, mm-hmm. and also one about a voyeuristic motel owner. And uh, so I I had never heard of him before, but he clearly uh, seems to be doing pretty well for himself or he sunk all his money into tailored clothing. It's it's awesome. And a brownstone. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he has uh, no cash. He's all liquid. Hmm. Or I'm sorry, he's all assets. He's all assets. Yeah. yeah, he's no liquid, all assets. Um, <laughs> he's an assets guy, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> so um, Gerald, as one might uh, jump to conclusions, is a strange guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, allegedly, he for 
30 years, mm-hmm. he had this hotel, or 30 or more years, he had this hotel where he's just watching people bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And bang and murder. Yes. Um, and he doesn't really, for me, and, and, and maybe you felt different, he, there's one story that was kind of like, all right, you're, you're a creep. Um, but the other, for most of the stories he tells, like, yeah, of course it's creepy, but he doesn't really come across as a creep. He comes across as like a terribly delusional man. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he, he just, he, so he decided that he wanted to tell his story because he basically fancies himself as an anthropologist mm-hmm. as maybe the greatest anthropologist. And, uh, cause he always talks about, he was never peeping on people. He was, he was doing research and he took like yes. these extensive notes and he, um, <laughs> it, he just, he like really thought that he was on, like he thought that he was doing like valuable work and, uh, I found him to be super fucking annoying. Like more than yeah. more than creepy, it was just kind of like you're like there's definitely something wrong with you and you're not special. Like he's just a weird guy and uh like he um <laughs> I don't know. I feel like well, uh, I'd it, like to get Dr. Drew's take on this guy. Well, I, I, yeah, I would too. Well, yeah, some somebody with a little bit, but um, see, I think the filmmakers did a uh, an outstanding job in portraying him as as well as they could as a somewhat of a sympathetic character. Yeah, and and really never and and. T- and him being teamed up with with Gay as the the reporter on this, mm-hmm. there was no real there was no real condemnation or judging. It was all like basic reporting. There was yeah. no editorializing, I guess, in this. And it, I mean. Because this could have been just a slander, not a slander piece, but just a total, you know. Um, yeah, they could have ripped. Like this they guy could have made done easily a, a jinx, a jinx like um, documentary of this guy. You know, they where they could have slanted, it, tilted the, the your your perspective a little bit and made this guy into a monster because mm-hmm. he violated thousands, supposedly right. violated thousands of people. You know, and not like stuck a finger up somewhere but like violated privacy and, yeah like, absolutely this guy is a total and like i'm not saying he is a creep he just doesn't yes. really read as creepy on yes screen. He, he well he's the guy next door the guy you don't expect and i think they do a good job in 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 uh mm-hmm. in portraying that because literally no one knows who he is and he got away with it supposedly got away with it for all yeah. this time yeah and i think there's the what's supposed to be the big conflict in the documentary is the um single source journalism and um the heavy fact checking that goes into 
something like this. And uh, that kind of falls flat to me. Like, I, I didn't find that very interesting. The big, yeah, the big twist on everything. Like, the third, whole third act yeah. was a little... Was a little yeah, because I think uh, on Netflix... Light in the loafers, I guess. Or mm-hmm. not, that's, no, that's, that means gay. I don't mean that, no. Oh, yeah, that. gay was definitely in there. Oh, yeah, he was. Um, not light in the loafers. Why would I say that? I, light, in, light in the substance. Light on... Con- yeah. No, I... I, I get what you were going for. <laughs> because it, it was very rich. The first two acts were like super rich and mm-hmm. engaging and just like, oh, my God, like how this guy and does the same thing that we were talking a little bit with Raw a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, a little titillating, you know, because he's like, oh, how do people live? And, you know, like, yeah, what, what would I do if I had this or if I was exposed to this? You know, would I even take a look and then condemn it? Or, you know what I mean? It's those mm-hmm. things in your head. Like, well, um so here's the thing that um, to just kind of emphasize how the third act doesn't really hold up uh, as to the other two acts is the Netflix um, synopsis is legendary journalist Gay Talese unmasked a motel owner who spied on his guests for decades. Um, but his bombshell sto- story soon becomes a scandal of its own. So I was expecting something much bigger than yeah. like oh well single source journalism that's not that's not how we do things yeah oh, okay um and it yeah and it it kind of it fell off because it was just like one yeah. little thing and whether it is and whether it isn't true yeah whatever um right it's an interesting story and if it's honestly if it's not true that's even crazier like if this yes. guy made all this up, there and might be like, more wrong with him. He's than, like John Doe from Seven. Yeah, all his notes and stuff. Yeah, meticulously kept. Oh yeah, very very interesting guy, um, and just totally delusional. Um, but um, I, I man, Mister uh, Talese had I had uh, some misgivings with him. Oh yeah. A little bit, um, just a little too arrogant and full of himself. You yeah, know what I mean, like you know, like, like he's the type of guy like, that people would well, say, when, like when when, he's when, when the filmmakers era. were kind of questioning one stuff, he was like, "Don't worry about that. Don't worry. You've asked that already. We don't have to worry about it." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then that's the kind of stuff that came back and kind of bit him. Yeah, it makes him. Yeah, it definitely makes him look bad when he's like shrugging this stuff off and then that ends up being a central focus later on yeah yeah and his kind of um when they're trying to interview gerald like kind of doing like an exit interview type thing and he's like don't ask him that or if you ask him that that's that's gonna you know sway and like yeah i get what you're saying old school journalism whatever but like you're not the fucking you're not the god of news no, you don't have Calm all down. the journalist, journalistic ethics. Yeah. Like you don't become a part of the story, and he definitely became a part of yeah. like, all his stories. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's actually what I found kind of interesting because he is, um, like, I, he was writing a book about a nudist colony, and he actually like went in and he wasn't undercover. He joined literally. Yeah, he was exposed. <laughs> And, 
Yeah. So like he, he, um, you know, I, that's one of the things that like, even, you know, we're not journalists and we know you, you don't become a, you can't be in the story. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, it just all in all, um, it was, I gave it a six. Um, I, yeah, I, I definitely am in agreement with you. This was a point that I haven't thought of. Um, and I think that might be accredited to the filmmaking too, is it never felt like they went out of their way to make Gerald Foose, uh, you know, somewhat sympathetic character, I guess, not to to not vilify him. Um, and like looking back, recounting is like, yeah, they, they definitely made that effort, but it just, they were successful. It was well executed. So, um, they definitely deserve recognition for that, but you know, this, it's not, um, for an hour and 40 minutes, it's not that interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, the and first I think two that there's are... a lot of interesting stuff there that, that just never, um, gets covered. Like the, this guy allegedly witnessed a murder and that felt kind of like just a speed bump in the story. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty interesting stuff. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't it know. Was, it just, it, it was could... definitely framed well, like with mm-hmm. the little, the little motel and, you know, that was um, cool. Yeah. The working with all the miniatures, it gave yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I want to see more of his collection, like all the shit he had down in his basement. That, yeah. I want to hear more about his hot aunt. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little uh, uh, te- telling, I would say. Or... Yeah. But to be fair, she sounds hot. She had red all over. Yeah. And that's, I'm about that. You've Let got me... red on you. <laughs> Dawn of the Red. Anyways. Well, good. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, uh, I would say check it out. It's not. A, I mean, it it is. It does drag on. Yeah. The end. What an hour and what thirty? What did you say? Uh, it's an hour and thirty six minutes. Yeah, I think yeah. I said an hour forty. Um. Yeah, it's one of those that um. People were talking about it. That's what I was gonna say. It's a good conversation piece because I think it's one of those things where it's it's vague enough where you can have a conversation with people who've seen it and you might be able to, you know, take away new things from it. Um, and you know, it might, might lead to something else, but, uh, I'm not like, no one came to mind like, Oh, Brad's got to see this or so. Mm. I I thought both those guys were kind of like, um, I don't know. I just didn't care for either of them. And, uh, that I think that's kind of problematic too. Like there was no central conflict, right? So they tried to try to uh, gin some up a little mm-hmm. bit, but yeah, it definitely never really was there. Yeah, no. yeah. Oof. But you know, uh, it is streaming on Netflix. It's a Netflix or, or exclusive original. Um, so if you want to check it out, it is it's readily available to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, um, I watched another movie. Yes. 
one Tell in a line it. of uh, this is another is a sequel. It's the third in the the movie trilogy, but actually fourth in the the whole canon, I think. Um, and I was very happy to, from when my son got home and for my birthday, he got me, uh, Despicable Me 3 and, uh, a Nerf gun. So all things that I was been asking for. Wow. Uh, Nerf gun. Great gift. Yes. I haven't seen Despicable Me 3, so. Well, um, it's, it's fun to watch with, you know, your son. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you never, if you knew (laughs) I got to get me one of those, you're kind of a. You're kind of a, uh, what do you call that? <laughs> I, my sons are all in the uh, the uh, elastic of my boxers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just <laughs> quick draw. Or, yes. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, that's a uh, perfect time to plug Mavs. Great show. Yeah. Check it out. Yes. Very good. Last episode. Mm-hmm. Check it out with special guests. Yeah. Hillary. Hillary? Hillary. Right. Yeah. Hillary's so silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, yeah, Despicable Me three, um, not as good as the first two. Um, okay to watch with your kid because you watched mm-hmm. the first two and the Minions movie. Um, if you're gonna watch anything, I'd say watch the Minion movie. That's a little bit more fun, um, as far as an adult can say. So um, yeah, are you, um, uh, I, are you a uh, How to Train Your Dragon fan? Uh, yes, but only in parts. I've seen parts of it. Oh, um, okay. And it's, I'm going to make it a point to sit down and watch that with my son. I here. really liked the first one. Yes, that's, I've actually, heard it's very, very good. Subsequently, um, I didn't really enjoy Despicable Me, um, because, uh, OT is a big fan of animated movies, as I am too. Um, but she, uh, we watched How to Train Your Dragon, and then the next night we watched uh despicable me oh yeah and it just was it how to train your dragon anything movies with father-son relationships i always um not always um but a good movie with a with a strong like one of the central themes is a father-son relationship i really gravitate towards those right so yeah there's there there's some of those that are um yeah that'll hit your hit mm-hmm. your 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 fun your good spot just because of the subject matter yes yeah <clears throat> so yeah um yeah i probably four or five i, I would give it um the other ones are better so okay. but i'm a completionist if anything yeah gonna go really. see the last jedi uh nah probably not <laughs> i i just remember uh someone like a Disney executive saying, like, Star Wars is not going to end in your lifetime. Hmm. Oh, thanks. <laughs> what Appreciate a, that. What a tease. Mm-hmm. It started, I think it started you know, the year, no, two years after I was born. Or no, the year after I was born? Mm-hmm. 77? Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I'm going to watch that. Yeah, I'm... I even take the kid to go see that. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of stuff I want to see. Do you have any interest in uh, the Disaster Artist? I don't know, man. Okay. I I heard it's really good. I heard the performance are really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard um, what's his name gets kind of lost into the role. James Frank. Yeah. Oh no, the call it's failed. I'm calling him back right now. 
I lost Brad in the ether, like uh, James Franco lost himself in Tommy mm-hmm. Wiseau. Oh, we're back. Yes. Yeah, so uh, James Franco got lost in the role. Yeah. Um, have you seen The Room? No, I haven't. Okay. That, uh, well, don't rush out and see that. I um, won't. But if you're boozing with some friends, yeah. Uh, pretty pretty enjoyable schlock. Um, so just I I think that's what really has me interested in it is, uh, and I think I was talking about this with you or Matt, but I was talking about like it's so funny because the room is like widely regarded as just absolute trash, and now the disaster artist comes out, and it's like, oh, one of the best movies of the year. <laughs> right, the yeah. story of making this awful awful movie. Right, <laughs> and like I heard the guys on the after disaster talking about it, um, just like how how prevalent like the billboards and stuff were for this movie not not this movie the, the disaster artist but the room oh really and like, i guess this guy had like a ton of like cash from wherever and yeah he, like, no one's really sure like he put up a crazy amount of money to fund this the fund the room himself and yeah like the guy's a mystery so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm pretty interested in that uh trying to think of other stuff that's coming out like for you know of course i i really want to see star wars but at the same time it's like you know there's there's a lot of stuff coming out right now i'm i'm pretty interested in ladybird um we've been talking about three billboards a lot mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah. It's, um it's a tough time I, yeah. of year to choose between the potentially biggest movie of the year or, or a bunch of prestige pictures yeah which I think um, probably I'll find time to watch them mm-hmm. here before Oscar, the Oscars. So um, hopefully I do because I want to get a better like hold on it because it, like I, I don't like the Golden Globes came out mm-hmm. this week and um, I know you did a lot of research. Oh, I know was, <laughs> uh, what was what was in and what wasn't and. Um, I don't think it's fair whenever, you know, movies that aren't even coming out or just came out this week yeah. or that are nominated for the Golden Globe. Um, yeah. So. Which is weird because the like because um, the Hollywood foreign press like votes super early. So like a lot of. Um, that's where you get that kind of like the uh, the dark horse shows up is because Oscar season. Um, it used to be like around November, but now it's like you're getting best picture 2017 nominations, getting nationwide releases mid January, 2018. It's like, right. What the hell? So that's where every now and then you get those dark horses, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, I did watch one other movie that came out this year, Mm -hmm. um, called, uh, Logan Lucky. Um, with another again an ensemble cast with um, Channing, Tatum, Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, Daniel Craig, and a whole bunch of people. Um, <laughs> the directed by Steven here. Soderbergh, it, and basically it's redneck. Um, damn it! Are you, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um. Uh, it's basically redneck Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> so if you're into that, there's some pretty good performances. 
Um, it's, um, you know, uh, Channing Tatum, Tatum is an, underra- a, an underrated actor. Yeah. Um, he's really good. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think it's one of those things where it's you just get pigeonholed as like a hot dude. Yeah. It's yeah. Like you couldn't, and an action star, that yeah. kind of thing. You couldn't possibly uh, be a good actor because you're attractive. Um, oh, thank you. Or, oh, you're talking in general. Oh, okay. No, no. Um, but to, to get back okay. to Channing Tatum, uh, <laughs> oh, he was, uh, he was, uh, what was it? Um, 21 jump street. I yep. like, I thought that he, he has great comedic chops and, uh, that's one of those things that, um, you know, I mean, actors in general, not everyone can do everything, but seen some people try comedy and just fall flat on their face so right it's a good job man yeah uh but it's good it's fun to see um uh daniel craig Mm -hmm. uh going against type playing this just redneck (laughs) against Um, type so not james bond yes like and yes the opposite of and um because i really like him for some reason and uh, I, it was fun to watch him and he's, whenever I saw this trailer, he's the one that sold me on it. So hmm. okay. anyways, yep. Um, it's decent. I gave it a seven. Um, but there, it's not really, it's just there for the story. Cause it's not cracking or it's not, um, uh, it's not like breaking new ground as far as mm-hmm. whether or not, you know, it's not, an ocean, excuse me. It's not ocean's 11 where you don't, you've never seen it before. Unless it's, you're it is Frank Sinatra 11. fan. 11. And you've seen it before, um, but yeah. again, left. it's not like it's not terrible. So, Frank Sinatra, there you go. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Brad Pitt got involved in a remake somehow. Uh, have you ever seen like the the original Ocean's Eleven with the Rat Pack? I is it you that said it was bad? It's not great. Okay. <laughs> um, then maybe it was you. It is it is just one of those things where it's it's like now it's a purely nostalgia thing. Like there's people who love uh like Elvis movies. Mm-hmm. And there's a people who love Rat Pack movies that are a little less vocal. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. I mean it's it exists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that pre or you know that studio the sound stage Yeah, movie. sound stage movie just total total studio lot picture uh like get a bunch of guys like they don't have to be good actors, they just have to be famous. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's That's- fun from like a nostalgia perspective. Um and that's what I th- maybe I think people uh think about Elvis movies, but uh, he was anti-drug, so he's the worst. Mm-hmm. He's the worst. Um, no. Yeah, um, well, that's just... why I think, and I think we I talked a little bit th- about this earlier, is why, uh, or in a, a recent episodes, is why Kubrick, even though I don't like all, like, I only like a quarter of his films, maybe, mm-hmm. and but I think that's why it's so important, because he broke out of that st- you know, soundstage right. studio model, even though his movies were studio made movies. I mean, he was, but he took a ball bat to, he did. Yeah. He did everything in his power to destroy 
conventional cinema. Mm -hmm. And he did. I mean, he made things that were revolutionary. Oh, yeah, because, well, uh, look, um, of course, you know, you know the names Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. Um, But what about Louis Milestone, the director of Ocean's Eleven? Hmm. Yeah, because he didn't really direct it. He was just the guy standing there. Yeah, they had, you know, it was Dean Martin and 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 um, yeah, it, you was know, the, it was the oh, Rat Pack and just old blue you, eyes just kind of shoot them. Yeah, yeah, chewing up scenery and yeah. doing their thing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Um, I also watched a movie from this year, Guardians, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. G two, yep, and uh, it exists. Mm-hmm. It has its moments. Um, mm-hmm. It's tough because when you uh, have a surprise hit, mm-hmm. uh, it's very, very thankless. Um, when you have to uh, follow that up, and there's no surprises anymore, mm-hmm. nothing but expectations and. Uh, it's a lot of pressure to put on a guy like James Gunn who made Slither. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he, he totally hit a home run with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, um, but he, I don't think he's ever really had that big X. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy was a huge movie, but it was an unexpected hit. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it was his. It was yeah. his. Um, influence on it that made it that you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. because it i think he got a lot of leeway uh because it wasn't because you know, no one knows who the guardians of the galaxy yeah. are like if this doesn't hit then we'll, we'll be all right and it right. ends up being like a billion dollar franchise you know right yeah so um kind of a thankless task uh i i gave it a soft seven like it wasn't bad but it was just like Okay, we I get it. You have a bigger budget. You have to spend this money. Um, the first one was funny, so you have to really force in this like groan-inducing quips and like awkward humor. Like, oh uh, yes, I get it. It was kind of just that. It was just I get it. Yeah, I get it. I what get was it. Who, what not fa- like not favorite scene, but what who was your favorite person in the movie? Uh Drax. Yeah, yeah. They they flushed him out pretty well. They did, yeah, because he was he was definitely, um, he was definitely the probably the most minor character of the Guardians in the first one. Um, yeah, I liked Rocket too, and I I do think um, it's cool to hear Bradley Cooper not just speak, but actually try and like give a performance. Mm-hmm. Like I, I appreciate that he's just not phoning it in and being a talk. Like I, I feel like there's something to his performance. Like he's he's putting in some real effort to his craft as an actor. So I think that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean Dave Bautista's like he's he seems like a cool guy, and uh, yeah, he, he plays a funny character and. Uh, they do give him more to do, and he is funny. He's one of the ones that, like, his jokes consistently landed. And uh, he, well, he was always true to his character. His character is very literal. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so that humor just kind of always worked for me. And they did give him a bigger role and they didn't just like, all right, you know, every 15 minutes we got to have you say something. So, yeah. 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 I did. I did enjoy that. Um, I like Kurt Russell. Mm. Uh, I mean, it really like it just was. How long was this? uh, Two hours, 16 minutes. Yeah. It's it could have been an hour and 45. easily. And like, is is it still that funny to see David Hasselhoff? No, like, yeah. is that is that a joke? Like, oh my God, David Hasselhoff's on screen! <laughs> yes, finally, someone gets yeah. it. It's uh, yeah, it's a little frustrating. Yeah, because it, it, it. But in and you know what? I don't like that song, Brandy. I'm not a fan of that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really, really tried to integrate that song into the plot. Oh man. Whereas the the original soundtrack, I've or the original uh, what was it Awesome Mix Volume One was mm-hmm. a lot better in my opinion. It, yes, to my sure. taste, to my taste, more so, and um, a lot less forced as yeah, well. Yeah, they didn't force it into being a part of the plot. It was just kind of like, yeah, he did his goofy dances and he he you know was always worried about his Walkman, but it was not like this this wasn't like remember that thing you loved in the first one now it's super important mm-hmm. it's almost yeah. like the um it's almost like uh everything that felt sincere when james gunn did it mm-hmm. um the studio got their hands on for volume two yeah it's like we're gonna sell a million soundtracks this is gonna be great yeah, it it felt like know. it was um, it was forcing too many storylines that I could care less about. Like, yeah. d- don't make it galactically important. Don't do that. That yeah. like the surefire way to make a movie not interesting to me. You know, like yeah. make it a small part of the universe. Like this, you know, make it Hell's Kitchen. You make it. That's what's know. interesting. The small, intimate stories. Yes, because That's we're why I love gonna homecoming so much. Right, I I agree with you on that. We're like we're gonna have Avengers next summer. It's mm-hmm. going the the big and, and the Guardians are gonna be there. Yeah, the big Trust movie me. is coming. Tell the small stories where you can get, and that's from my understanding. Um, that's kind of what Thor did with mm-hmm. the the latest one. They really yes. zeroed in on a story. And they really zeroed yes. in on their characters. And like the big story's coming. Make sure that I care about all these people individually first. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, I think that um I think that this is just much more of a studio movie than the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, that, that Which is funny they- to say because Guard- the original <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy was like a huge sci uh sci-fi visual effects spectacle too. But, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. But it, there's a lot more character development in yeah. the first one, and, and now we knew everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, Gamora didn't have jack shit to do in this movie. No. She like took a big step back. Like absolutely, you know, like she was like a huge, strong female character, and and what, now she, she, she was, was like, like the nagging, will they, won't they? Yeah, 
Um, and uh, I still don't understand Michael Rooker's character. Like, if he, <laughs> he can kill hundreds of people by whistling, why is he not the, the you know, head yes. honcho of the galaxy? Because he literally just whistles a tune and kills people. Yes. By the dozen. Um, but, yeah, it just – it's – I recognize that it's hard, um, but I also find it – like, I'm looking at the uh, – User score on here is seven point eight. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I th- well, I think I think that uh, the IMDb scores are so Marvel. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're they're. I mean, if you look at their top hundred, it's it's weird. It's a yeah. weird algorithm. I mean, the top ones are like they're not even like bar- they're barely nines. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I do have another movie I want to talk about, but I do need to break the seal. Sure. All right. Have at it. BRB. All right. I have I have one more movie to talk about, but before I get to that, do you did you see anything else this week that you want to talk about? Uh, no. Well, Jude Perfect. Watched some of that. <laughs> Dude, um, Perfect. Always reminds me of Reno. <sighs> Uh, what else did I watch? I, I, just stupid stuff on TV. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've no. been watching a lot of stupid stuff on TV myself. Uh, that, that Bills and Colts game was pretty tight. The oh, the, uh, the Blizzard game? Yeah. Yeah. yeah fucking Saints-Falcons game was bullshit, bro. Mm. Yeah, I heard. Don't even get me started. Next I 20, won't. Next 20 minutes are about now. Just kidding. Go Saints. <laughs> uh, what was I? Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't really get to talk about it on Mavs this week. But I, uh, I, my new thing is uh, I've been watching the Saints since they were 0-2. So mm-hmm. you're, you're a bunch of fake fans. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so go Saints. Yes. I believe, I believe red, yeah, white, and blue. Who, who is that nation? Yes. Yeah. Bleed uh, red, white, and blue, and black and gold. So. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, uh, so. Steelers fan. Uh, that would be uh, kind of a dark yellow. Hmm. I do like that. Um, Pittsburgh, all their team colors are the same. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, well, the Penguins changed it in the mid seventies, right? Because they were the um, they had the Roy or not Royal the uh, like Carolina blue, like baby yeah, blue, almost like a baby blue. That's a cool jersey. Like that crest yeah. is really cool. Yeah, uh, but they changed it because the Penguins were terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, right up until about nineteen eighty three, when they got the magnificent one. Well, it's it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's hard for like the um the Golden Knights are I feel like they're bucking trends. Like the Blue Jackets are just finally getting to a place where uh they can start being maybe like the last 5 years start being taken seriously as uh a playoff caliber team. Right. Um so it's expansion classes are tough usually. Yeah. Um, the Golden but I think Knights, they've, they got it worked out a little bit better now. They do, the yeah. They have to. I hope Seattle gets a team. I think that could be really cool. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Well, it's they're gonna. Pro- I mean, they're gonna take either my or you know 
the Florida Panthers out or probably maybe even Tampa Bay. You know what? Fuck that. Like, let them have that. Let's get some fucking teams out of California. California does not need three hockey teams. And I understand Florida has two. Right. But, yeah. 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 You know what? But all it takes is all it takes is a really good year, though, mm-hmm. to make that fan base. You look at the Preds, you know, I mean, for the last how many years they've been they've been competitive and then yeah. then they make that push and then it, you get the fan base and then you make fans for life you know right. that younger generation and they start playing hockey and it you know goes up through so you Look, just need absolutely to have that. i'm i'm uh i'm in agreement with you i'm one of those people that like i i get frustrated but i try not to hate on the bandwagon fans the the frustration comes when i used to be able to go to blackhawks games for eight dollars um and you know a couple good draft classes and they start looking like your owner that that terrible owner you guys had yeah yeah that helped rocky words coming yeah it really did that guy was such a tool bag yeah blacking out games but no you could not watch a home game on tv that's such that's such horseshit you had to grow a fan base you had to go but they weren't winning yeah, they were terrible. They were a terrible product. Yeah, they were. And how do you how do you grow? Well, that's for a different podcast. That's were, our sports podcast. Yeah, they were uh, Sports Illustrated's like worst franchise. Oh yeah, they were in terrible. I think like two thousand and eight or two thousand and seven. No, when was the lockout? It was probably it was probably the year it was of the 2005, lockout. Two thousand five. Yeah, I think the year of the lockout. They were named the worst franchise in sports, not in hockey, in sports. <laughs> Yeah, it was two. It had to been. It had to have been two thousand four. Yeah, but it I is. My dad yeah. was um, like fan for life. I I in the early nineties when I was young, they had Ronick, Chelios, and uh, Savard, and you know. Yeah, that was the best team to play with on uh, NHL. Yeah, yeah, NHL PA ninety three. Yes. Mm-hmm. They kick butt. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, you make those fans for life. So it's frustrating as a longtime fan who used to be able to go to games for $8, but now they're the hottest ticket in Chicago. And it's like, it's awesome to see almost like vindication because no one liked hockey growing up. It was just yeah. like a select few of us. And we were like, um, we, we just, that was what we were all about, and our identities were really wrapped up in that. And it's it's almost you feel like vindication that now everyone's yeah. all of a sudden is behind it. So yeah, while everyone was you know riding Michael Jordan, you guys are like, what about us? Yeah. Well, no, I'm being being a kid in the uh, Michael Jordan era is pretty fucking special. No, I'm too. sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <sighs> all right. Let's Anyways, get to your next yeah. Team. So you um or next team. this is kind of a tandem. Uh. You uh, a two-hander maybe. Yeah. Um, you recommended an episode of the Smodcast to me. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So um, Smodcast is uh, Mr. Uh, Kevin Smith, who's known for um, things like crying during DC movies. Mm-hmm. Just, just absolutely a bat flick apologist. Hey, I, he's passionate I and maybe passionate, uh, fake passionate. Maybe some people call him, but um, 
He knows how to speak. I don't know if, I don't know if he's fake passionate, but I just... I do think it's... I think that he's passionate, but it also doesn't... I guess it is fake passionate, because I was going to say, it also doesn't feel like... Fuck, I can't... It's not in my recently played. Damn it! Um, it also doesn't feel authentic. It feels like he is really passionate, but also he wants to, like... I'm really passionate, but also I'm going to do what it takes to show you how passionate I am. Right. And I'm going to cry during suicide while I'm reviewing Suicide Squad because it's so beautiful. And even though I liked that movie, I can admit that it's not good. Um, bat flick apologist. I am. I'm a bat flick fan. Hmm. Um, anyways, so he interviews a girl who a woman who left the Westboro Baptist Church. And uh, really good interview. I'm I'm pissed at myself um, that I can't find the actual episode because I do think whether you like him or not, uh, it's a worthy, it's a worthwhile listen. And uh, I'm gonna flip through. And I see can pull it I up can... real quick if you want to keep talking. Okay, okay, perfect. You do that. Um, so interesting. It is the story of a woman who. The Westboro Baptist Church, they're the... Um, Episode 384 on Smodcast, Born yeah. Again. Yes, and uh, the Westboro Baptist Church, they're the crazy, awful people who um, uh, picket funerals and, uh, you know, do fanatical stuff like that. The fun stuff. The typical typical weekend for a Bible thumper type thing. Um they're they're an extremist group, um, and uh, although not not quite what we see in red state, um, yeah. So no, they're what you they're what you call yeah the extreme right, mm-hmm. uh, yeah the alt right I would say yeah and they were all everything based on religion they were alt right before neo Nazism was back in fashion, mm-hmm. which but like they hated indiscriminately they hated. Everything. They yes, hated, they, hate they hated everyone the soldiers, but their church. They hated everything. You know, um, God hates fags. God hates soldiers. God hates everything. Yeah, know? yeah. They they're Old Testament. Mm-hmm. They they fear God and they um, hope that by by being preaching how terrifying he is, that they will one day be let into the kingdom of heaven. But anyways, um, that's a pretty good primer for 2011's Red State. Um, And uh, Red State set in middle America. Feels kind of south, but sure. A group of teens receive an online invitation for sex, uh, though they soon encounter fundamentalists with a much more sinister agenda. And it was written and directed by Kevin Smith, um, and it stars Michael Parks, uh, Melissa Leo, and John Goodman. Um, so Kevin Pollock and a couple, couple young actors. Mm-hmm. Skylar White is in it briefly. Oh yeah. Uh, Anna Gunn, I believe is her actual name. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, that is, uh, 
yeah, group group of teenagers. Um, they find an app where they uh, bought into the ad that uh, local singles are ready to mingle in your area. Bumble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are uh, drugged and kidnapped. And uh, we open in on a uh, a nice little uh, church procession, and uh, it's uh, I don't know it's it's pretty slanted, um, and and uh, they're they're very clearly the bad guys. This is not a uh, we're not uh, Netflix. there's not a lot of nuance. Yeah, not Netflix voyeur over here. Um, which I'm okay with, because I think anyone that uh, thinks a man uh, can that uh, walked on water was the son of God should should yeah, they should they should be shamed for that. No, um, I this is this is <laughs> hold not on a that. second. This is not um, just that. <laughs> I'm I went on to the uh, Westboro Baptist mm-hmm. w- web page, okay, and it's GodHatesFags.com. That's their website. Yes, that's that's insane. Yeah, and there's numbers on the side of it. You know how they have, uh, you know, six uh, six thousand nine hundred thirty four soldiers sol- soldiers that God has killed in Iraq and Af- Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God hates Chicago. Then, yeah, and then there's it. It says a couple of things. Uh, God uh, hates one thousand three hundred eighty one weeks. Westboro Baptist held daily pickets in the main streets of tombed america and then it's accounting it's like 212 214 216 218 people whom god has cast into hell since you loaded this page that's great (laughs) zero nanoseconds of sleep that the westboro baptist church members lose over your opinions and feelings oh god that is f five e's five l's and five i's feeling feelings i guess so oh man that is hilarious um and it's terrifying and disturbing yeah yeah, those people should be they should be cast in a bad light and made fun of and you're entitled to your opinion and i'm entitled to say that you're a fucking idiot and Mm -hmm. that the world would be better off without you so uh, you you figure out a way into heaven and uh I'll be here just hoping you get there sooner rather than later. Yes. And, uh, but this, it definitely, uh, Kevin Smith's muse for this. Absolutely. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's, he talks about, um, a fellow filmmaker who, um, oh, that's, that's offensive to call, call Kevin Smith a filmmaker is kind of rude at this to, to mm. other filmmakers at this point. Oh, come on. This wasn't <laughs> too long ago. I I just I Kevin Smith's persona makes him it's it's easy to he's abrasive I know. yeah or he's he's controversial he, he's not controversial he's obnoxious he's either in he's it's easy to find him obnoxious but I also understand the appeal of him and I for a long time until he uh, opened his mouth and decided he. Uh, declared himself king of the nerds. I liked Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, he also has a great deal of access to people that I'm interested in. So mm. I'm just oh, perpetuating the, way, the his, issues. Um, 
hmm. his latest um, Fat Man on Batman. Mm-hmm. He interviews uh, Grant Morrison. God damn it! See, this is the problem. I've, I've yeah, I listened know. to him See? interview Paul Dini and Mark Hamill, and mm-hmm. yeah, so he just he has incredible access, and yeah, I don't know. He he's just yeah, he's self-proclaimed king of the nerds, and I find him obnoxious at this point. Okay, um, enough enough Kevin Smith hate. Yeah, enough, what, did, what did you think of Red State? Um, eh, it it technically it exists. No, Red State, yeah. uh, I gave it a six. Um, it's really, really on the nose. Um, and uh, John Goodman's really good in it. Um, Melissa Leo's really good in it. Uh, actually, you know what? Everyone who they at, there's a bunch of people... There's probably like a 25-person cast, and they really only ask three people to do anything. Yeah, Michael Parks. And they do a John great Goodman, job. Yeah. Um, the girl who played yeah. Dana. Yes. Uh, uh, Kaylee DeFer, Kaylee. who yeah. I, I got to look up if she's... Yeah, she's not... Um... <laughs> she played Beautiful Girl in an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Mm. So... There you go. Um, yeah, I I definitely don't think I had ever seen her before. Um, and she did the people that he asked the script called for to do something did a good job for sure. Mm. Um, in in my opinion, but it was really, um, I don't know. It, it like it doesn't bother me that it felt. It was obviously very anti-extremist, which I think most people with a good head on their shoulders are. Yeah. Um, but it just kind of felt like, uh, one, I felt like I was sold a different movie. This is not a horror movie at all. It, okay. Like, I, there's no dread. There's no terror. Like, it's just like, oh, these people are gross. It's definitely, a, and it's pretty pretty action paced movie. Yeah. Um, I'm, there's a couple points like when the boys are in captured or mm-hmm. they're, you know what I mean? Like their first exposure to the church and that kind of stuff. There's a probably a 15 minute part in there where it, it feels like a kind of a horror film. I think this, this morphs in and out of, it's not really, there's not a real good genre for it. You know, yeah. it kind of morphs in and out of, different genres yeah but i thought the most interesting thing about this mm-hmm. and i don't want to cut you off no no go ahead because i i don't i i feel like i don't have a, a lot to say about this movie well i just i like the fact it it doesn't feel like a kevin smith movie no I, no I, it doesn't other than there's lengthy dialogue and all that stuff but as far as being shot it's shot really well mm-hmm. um it's shot it's pretty actually, well i hate the p the uh the like, this is I think predates GoPros, but I hate the like GoPro looking cam. Right, they, it they was, used a I lot in Breaking Bad. On red, on I don't like cam. that. The uh, and, the like, yeah, yeah. There's a couple shots. There's uh, there's a specific style, and they used a lot in Breaking Bad too. That I just I don't like it. Yeah. Um, I find it obnoxious. Um, 
but other than that, yeah, it's well shot. And, uh, the people that are asked to do something, do a good job. Um, the end was pretty heavy handed with the, uh, Turkey leg. Mm. Um, definitely could have done without that. <laughs> um, cause there's nothing worse than me. And it does it like, I'm so, I get so agitated when, uh, and it's usually not the filmmaker's fault, but I get so I get so agitated when the ending, like there has to be something in the denouement that just spells everything out. Yeah, and that's almost yeah. always that's that's a studio call. I think mm-hmm. I think that that's usually a studio call. Yeah, um, but uh, I just I I want studios to trust their audience. Um, so I could have done without that, but I don't know. It was just, it was, it was good, but you know, I watched it a couple days ago and, uh, you know, I can't really pick anything out. I've kind of forgotten about it. I just, what I, what I, and I, cause I know you've been down on Kevin Smith and I think mm-hmm. one of the reasons I, I brought this up is that like, this is actually an actual movie, you know, other than like, you know, we've seen Tusk and Yoga Hosers yeah. the last couple of movies. And it's just like, oh, what see, the fuck are you doing? This is my and, like, big problem with Kevin Smith is Kevin Smith. He goes, oh, the critics hate me. So I'm just going to make whatever I want. And then right. he and then he does that. And then he's like, I don't understand why the critics are shitting on me. It's like because right. you're making fucking garbage for the sake of making garbage. And then you're turning around and like you're throwing rocks and hiding your hand. And I don't like yeah. that. Yeah. But like, I, I just, I felt that this was actually like, as far as movie making goes, like mm-hmm. clerks probably has, is more iconic or it, yeah. I mean, it obviously is more iconic. But as far as movie making goes, like no, this I, is probably his best made movie. Yeah. I understand definitely where you're coming from. And, and he even says that too, when he's uh, int- setting up the interview on the podcast uh, yeah. episode. Um. And I would agree with that. Like, it doesn't feel like it's six years old now, um, which isn't, you know, that old in, in, I guess it could be pretty old in movie years. It really depends. Um, But it doesn't feel like, oh, this is an old movie or this is from the early to, or the late 2000s and the early teens like it it Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like oh this belongs in a specific space and time so yeah but if he would concentrate on doing stuff like this instead of the other crap Mm -hmm. then it would he he would have a good (laughs) collection now you know right yeah no i'm i I agree with you in the the view of universe you know it's just like yeah it's like you to the nooch is done yeah you don't have any the, the 90s ended in 1994, um, as we learn, and I'm now. Hmm. Actually, they don't say that, but it is when when Kurt Cobain committed suicide. The 90s ended, and uh, you need to get over that. Put the combat boots away, and hmm. you know, start because he can. He, this is a guy who understands how movies work, and this is a guy who loves movies. So why are you making? a movie in like in a convenience store in Canada with sauerkraut Nazis and fart jokes. Stop it. Cause that's <laughs> fucking trash. No one like Kevin Smith. Maybe he liked that movie, 
And like he might have cried at the ending, but what the fuck, man? <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, look, I'm in ag- I'm in agreement with you uh, on on where what this is all about. Like this shows that he can make a movie and he can um he can do a good job. I still I do wish that he was able to make that Superman movie. Yeah. That he started writing. Because Superman needs something. Yeah. Needs something. Um, he, he he did adapt uh adapt a screenplay mm-hmm. um from the Warren Zevon song Hit Somebody. Did you ever hear that song? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> okay. So he he did adapt a screenplay for that for like a like a a mini series mm-hmm. that I don't think is going to get made. In one of the episodes of Smodcast, he actually reads the script. I haven't listened to it yet, um, so I don't know if it's going to get made. But um, mm-hmm. I'd be interested because I that song is the best, right? Uh, I I would like to see. Well, now I'm kind of the wheels are turning. I'd like to see like a mini series of Warren Zevon songs oh yeah adapted for sure i mean yeah i need some exci- yes. i want some i'll tell you what i want is excitable boy well <laughs> that's what i, I want. i know you do you already got that in uh your buddy up in the your not taves but kane up there that's oh yeah excitable he's boy. he's i want to know boy. what we need all the lawyers guns and monies from i love that's probably my favorite warren zifan song that's pretty tight like I would love to hear that story. Rolling the headless Thompson Gunner is a good one. Yeah, he spells that out pretty. Yeah, yeah, he spells. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a. But yeah, yeah that would be lawyers, good... guns, and money has a lot of intrigue to it. Yes. Guy goes home with a waitress all the time. Yes. God, I love. Yeah, Warren Zevon's like so underrated. Yeah. But anybody I talk to, like, oh yeah, I love him. Yeah. It's yeah. Great. And like so. No, oh, man. Uh, the album Excitable Boy is one of, yeah. I, Lawyers, Guns, and Money is a great um, drinking song. There's a couple of songs that I like to throw on in the jukebox because they just have a, uh, they've got, I don't know. There's a good uh, good melody to them that, that makes them very appropriate for like a, a dive bar setting. Yes, yeah. and 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 on an opposite note, like he has the song I am probably going to play at my funeral. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to play it, but it's on my playlist. Is uh, Werewolves of in... London? Yes. <laughs> um, is my shit's fucked up? No. Um, keep me in your heart. Mm-hmm. It's just, which is an awesome, just an awesome love song that he was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. It, it'll break your heart knowing what he went through mm-hmm. and it's just yeah yeah i think we're on to something and i think that we need to get some points on the back end we need to get yeah. some get this green lit and uh i think we need to get a taste of warren well, zifon i think the guy um what's his name um short story anthology mitch, mitch album yeah is those the tuesdays guy that with Maury guy wrote hit somebody the song and warren zifon performed it mm-hmm I think, maybe, and and Warren Z or um, I'm sorry, um, Mitch Album is he's the guy that wrote uh, Tuesdays with Maury. Yeah, but he's so. a, he's a very accomplished like Detroit sports writer. 
Yes, and uh, song or you know music lover, and has he plays in a band with Stephen King. Oh yeah, uh, the remainders is it? Something like that. Yeah, it's like something about. I, yeah, I gotta look it up because it's it has something to do with uh, with authors. Stephen King yeah. band. Rock bottom remainders. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's how we get down a, a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. What what is this? Span the Mavs? No, that's all right. I like this. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Um, re- so, Red State in summation, not bad. Um, uh, but I don't know. It was it's it was pretty black and white, and then I think they were going for a little bit of. Uh, ambiguity at the end and and that didn't land so um but glad you recommended it to me um definitely a worthwhile watch even though it's you know i'm not i'm not raving about it but um i if it were readily available for streaming i'd be comfortable throwing it out there as a weekly streaming recommendation okay yeah i'm glad you kind of liked it I did. I did kind of like it. I know. Um, I'm just fucking... No, I know. <laughs> but but uh, and it has nothing to do with. I can I can turn that off. Like it. It's not like I'm like oh Kevin Smith movie. I'm gonna hate it. I have to hate it. I must hate it. I can I can turn that off pretty easily. Which is I don't know. I I don't think it's that hard. I think people think it's hard. Mm-hmm. Same thing with people think they're busy. They're not busy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, let's dole out some assignments and some some recommendations here. Sure, um, I'm gonna recommend what's his name, um, Darren Aronofsky, right? Yes, the one that did this one um, from this year, Mother. Yes, uh, starring um, what's her name, Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Javier. Uh, what's his name, Anton Sugar? No, that's the director. Or not the director. That's the uh, character. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, <laughs> That's who he is. Yeah. Yeah, Javier. I mean, who, else, how, who else? Would you, are you, are you going to go the guy from... He's uh, the guy from Skyfall. Yeah, Skyfall. Skyfall bad guy. Mm-hmm. The guy fall from Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's, so yeah, uh, check it out. I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't know if I want to watch it, but I think... Felipe from Eat, Pray, Love. Yes. Yeah. Even yeah. better. I don't know uh, if he's ugly or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. So, yeah, uh, that is not streaming, but it's streaming for us. Yeah. Thank you, Fredo. We got a guy. It's the Chicago way. You got to get a guy. Mm. Uh, what is up with The Counselor? Uh, that movie know. was like. I'm I'm always um just because of the like couple of I've taken like a couple of people who are somewhat inside on their word that like mm-hmm. if if a movie's promoted heavily it's not good. Mm-hmm. Like that movie was everywhere. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then just disappeared just as quickly. That's true too. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to watch Mother. Yes. And uh I have for you uh from mm-hmm. this year uh, uh streaming on Netflix, Netflix original I believe, Mudbound. Mhm. So, been hearing good things about this. Yes. Um, 
And it's weird because Netflix is really shoving their original content down your throat as soon as you log on. Yeah. And it's hard to tell what's the good stuff and what's the bad. Yeah. So um, they're losing I'm a lot of ground. Um, Fox, um, Fox and Disney are about to make a deal, and I think Fox has a stake in Hulu. So um, they've been slowly been taking all their FX stuff over to Hulu. Um, well, I think it didn't. Isn't that um, the Three Billboards or Netflix produced movie? I don't know. Um, it's in theaters though. I yeah so, I know, but I think that was that's weird. Um, entirely possible, but I would not even associate it with Netflix simply because. How did I hear that? Um, okay, yeah, uh, Mudbound. Yes, I, I'm mm-hmm. interested. Well, I will be the canary. Yes, yeah, you're gonna have to tell me should I watch mm-hmm. or should I not. Um, so. Uh, if uh, you guys don't feel like watching those, you want to wait till uh, we weigh in, don't worry. We've got some suggestions for you. Yes. Yes, we do. Um, I'm going to go first. Please do. I'm going to say a uh, movie I really, really, really loved it when mm-hmm. I came out of the theater, and I've watched it recently, kind of recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, 8 Mile, starring my man Eminem. Yeah, yeah. It's got a new album coming out Friday, right? Is it really? I think so. Oh, sweet. Revival. Oh, we're starting to keep him with that theme. Yeah, I guess it's, uh, what is it? Um, relapse. Uh, relapse. Re- refill. Uh, it was relapse, recovery, revival. Yeah. Yeah, because there was like a relapse, refill, which was just like a bunch of mm-hmm. relapse and then a bunch of Lucy's. Um. Yeah, back back to that one. But why on Friday? I thought everything was always released on Tuesday. Uh, that's changed a a little bit ago now. Yeah, it's all um, new music is on Fridays now. Hmm. But yeah, I remember going to Best Buy on Tuesdays for sure. We we yep. talked about this beforehand. Books and movies always on a Tuesday. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So. Uh, yeah. How do how did when you how do you how how do you regard eight mile oh i like eight mile a lot um it's definitely it's one of those that uh it's a great um tv movie like you can pick it up at any point like when you're flipping through the channels and it's on you know yes yep yeah it's one of those uh well i love it i mean you know right up my alley yeah. So and like surprisingly good acting from him. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not only is it a subject matter I like, but it's a well crafted movie. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So And what you got uh, for the peeps? Uh same year, bit of a different tone. Uh also streaming on Netflix, uh Punch Drunk Love. Mm. The Adam Sandler movie that wasn't an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Yeah. PTA second film? I think so. Yeah. yeah, one of his early uh, ones. Boogie Nights, I think, was his first. Yeah, the Boogie Nights was definitely his first. But was do you go that long without making a movie? That feels crazy. Well, I guess well, I don't he, remember when, was his... when Boogie Nights came out exactly. It was in 99? Okay. If, I believe. Yeah, if... 
I guess that would make sense then. For some reason, I thought it was earlier. But, uh. Boogie Nights. Video short, video short, video short. Oh, Magnolia. Boogie Nights came out in 97. Magnolia was 99. Okay. Uh, Punch Drunk was 02. So yeah, that was his third. And then, of course, he, he went uh, full on uh, auteur with uh, There Will Be Blood. But yeah, um, so early PTA, uh, <coughs> solid movie. Um, it's one of those, wait, there's always those movies where it's like, uh, you know what? I, I understand why Adam Sandler's still around. Yeah. Because <laughs> he might, he might throw, a, throw a bone at you every now and then. Um, he's, he's definitely not, uh, you know, he's not famous for nothing. Um, but I just realized that we, everything we talked about other than mother, which is not readily available is on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm just quickly taking a look. Um, if you're looking for movies that we both really liked, uh, arrival and big sick are both streaming on prime right now. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So cover some bases. Let's cover some and, bases. and fences, which I think we both thought was decent. Yeah, yeah. Fences was slow, slow movie, but um, good, good. Um, it was a play, but yeah. uh, well acted. Yeah, yeah. Great performances, but you can definitely tell that this was something that was meant for uh, for theater. The stage. Yeah. The stage. All right. Um, just to run it back, next week we're going to be talking about Mother and Mudbound. If you want to hold off on watching those until we give our reviews, we've got 8 Mile and Punch Drunk Love, both from 2002 on Netflix. And uh, just throwing a couple out there. Again, we have uh, Arrival from last year and uh, The Big Sick from this year, two movies that we both really enjoyed. So, Yes. Yep, yep. So for our, I don't know, main segment or... or Whatever I I thought maybe because we didn't have it well there wasn't a whole lot that we were well to be quite honest we don't do a whole lot of pre prep no. you know we everything gets thrown together pretty much last two or three days <laughs> you caught us uh, before uh, uh, you know we we kind of forget that this podcast exists till like the day before and we're like oh yeah we got to figure out something but yeah. um. But we're always well, watching movies. Yeah, of course. I'm always concerned with watching the movies, and then you're like, "What are we gonna do this week?" Like, yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. I watched the movie you assigned me. <laughs> Stop bugging me. <laughs> uh, I'm busy. All right. So what I thought what I would do is kind of um, get to know. You, lead us me or astray. Andrew. First, you'd lead me astray. Yes, I did because I was <laughs> like, well. You said, here's our text change uh, from yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, or you sent a text yesterday saying, Big Sick got no love from the Golden Globes. And that was yesterday at like one thirty, mm -hmm. And I was like, and I was thinking about responding, but I got like tied up and busy. And I was like, eh, yeah, it, uh, you know, what am I going to say? That sucks. You know, like any, I can't really think of sorry anything for, clever until I thought. Sorry today, for your loss. Until today, I was like, okay, well, I've been busy. Uh, what's on the table tonight? I'm thinking top one Golden Globes, Golden Globe snubs from 2017. I thought it was, was a typo. Both top to 10. be a 
jerk or to be a uh, joke, <laughs> and thus from five until when we started recording, Andrew's been feverishly figuring out what's been snubbed from the Golden Globes, which I am sorry. That's okay. <laughs> so if you have your list, you can give it. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Lego Batman, the big sick. Um, Edgar Wright for uh, Baby Driver, his director. Um, what's his name? Got uh, Best Actor nom, and I feel like the directing was a lot better. Um, I feel like Wonder Woman could have gotten at least Best Score, um, but it got nothing. Uh, and the perpetual, the snub of the cent or of the decade, at least. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Again, not nominated for Best Television Comedy. Uh, but don't worry, Will and Grace got a nom. Oh, I, I didn't even know that show was back. Yeah. Laugh track. <laughs> Laugh track. Fuck them. Uh, uh, so, sorry about that. Nope. It's okay. So... Um, but anyways, what I thought we'd do, I'd do is kind of interview you and get your, um, cause it, we talk about the movies that are on their table and we kind of drift off into other things, but I thought maybe, and we can bounce back and forth on, on the stuff, but I got like a couple questions to ask you music or movie specific and well, we're just, let's just do it. All right. See yeah. What, see what happens. See if it's fun. So, um, since it is the holidays, uh, what's mm-hmm. your go-to holiday movie? What's some? Oh, um, know, we've done some kind of holiday list before, but yeah. Um, like, what's the one you're always going to go to? Uh, uh, Got to be um, the classic uh, Christmas Vacation. Um, I don't like the Vacation spinoff. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, honestly, uh, it's probably very telling. I, uh, I don't know, it's tough to say. Uh, Home Alone and Gremlins are two of my go-tos. Gremlins is streaming right now, so I guess I'd pick that. But I love Home Alone, grew up on Home Alone. Uh, one of the VHSs that, uh, you know, like, like I don't think the end played. It just got worn out so much. Yeah, and just, yeah, yeah you couldn't go too far, otherwise it would break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, those are good ones. Um yeah, I mean it's it's kind of weird, but like um, you know, of course, Christmas Story. There's a reason why it's on for 24 hours a day. I think. I mean, it's not a great movie, but it's. I it's, love a Christmas Story, and uh, there's and I do too. But it's not great. It's just good. It's really good. It's like it's good <sighs> stuffing. I think it's pretty great. Um, and I'm I'm very upset right now. I think there's two uh, two edgy trends on the. Uh, on the internet right now is I love Seinfeld until Larry David left bullshit. The ninth season is just as fucking good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a Christmas story sucks. Get over it. Suck a dick. You're, you're <laughs> a liar of the highest degree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love a Christmas story. And, um, that a lot of that could just be attributed to, um, watching it a lot when I was growing up too, before it was even running on 24 seven. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, it's, it's the feel good. It's the yeah. nostalgia part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It is you, just you feel warm when you're watching it. It is the, uh, you know, apple pie and Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what was the first movie you took 
someone on a date to? <sighs> First movie I took someone on a date to. Or what was one of the most memorable date movies you went on? Like better movie because I got to follow up. Um, okay. Um, better ones. Uh, oh shoot. Um, actually I have a really, uh, good one that kind of ties into everything else here. Um, in, uh, 2013, I, uh, I took, uh, OT formerly, she was DT at the time, um, <laughs> to see about time, which was uh Rachel McAdams movie. Uh, but oh, yeah. also starred Dom the Hall Gleason. Right? Yeah, Dom Hall Gleason and Bill Nye, Nye, uh however you pronounce it. Um, but it it's actually, Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill Nye, the time traveling actor guy. Uh, it actually has a really strong um, father son subplot. So uh-huh. it was one of those where, like, she was. Somebody's got daddy issues. No, I don't. I, no, I, I actually know. have, like, the exact no, opposite. That's what she was thinking. Oh, Maybe, yeah. Um, but uh, so it was one of those where um, she was like, "We don't have to go see it." I was like, "No, it's it's fine. It's it's you know." And um, she was like so happy that I was willing to go see it, and I ended up really liking it. So okay, perfect. I don't think I ever saw it. Uh, it's one of those where I, I'm keeping my eye out for it because I will, when it pops up a streaming, I'm planning on assigning it to you. Okay. So. Very good. Um, I think my, the best one I ever had, um, and I, like one of the things I like to do is like, cause my wife could really, she likes movies, but she could really care less about mm-hmm. them. And, but what I like to do is like take her to movies that like, I think she would like. And like, even though I haven't seen them, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Kill Bill was one of those mm. where like, there's no reason she should have liked this movie, but she, other than it's Tarantino and he's great, yeah. you know, and she loved it. So that was, that was a cool thing. Yeah. Um, what, what's, what's your worst, uh, one of your worst movie oh, dating I, experience? It's the first thing I thought of, uh, Land of the Lost, the Will Ferrell movie. Uh, oh. first off, uh, girl, uh, reneged on giving me a blowjob in the theater. <laughs> and secondly, the movie How sucked. How dare her? <laughs> you had to find a potted plant? <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, what, <laughs> what the hell? And she was like, well, I was waiting for you to make the first move. I'm like, I'm not just, no, yeah. I'm not, I'm not calling <laughs> the shots here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you want to grab it back your head? What? Yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I feel like, so first of all, first of all, uh, she, uh, broke a verbal contract and, uh, (laughs) secondly, Will Ferrell was in a really unfunny movie. Mm. So yeah, that's the first thing I thought of when you said memorable date movies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My worst one. And it wasn't just me and Brooke, and it, mm-hmm. this is back when, God, it had to be. Um, it, it was right when we first started dating. Um, uh, crap. Yeah, it was. It was right when we first started dating, and I talked a bunch of people into 
going with us too. A bunch of the people I was living or guys I was living with. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Gus Van Sant's remake oh. of Psycho. Oh, okay. I, yeah. For some reason, I was like, please don't tell me you guys went and saw Elephant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been awkward. Yeah. I don't think there was any kind of art house place that we could have saw that at. So, uh, so you guys no. uh, you guys remember Columbine? <laughs> Let's go to the movies. You remember Columbine that didn't even happen yet? It's because it's 1980 or 98. They're like, well, and then they came back to me later. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. They hated it. Trust me, this is going to catch on. This school shooting yeah. thing's going to be big. Yeah, oh, it's, it's going to be huge. Yeah, unfortunately, um, people hate this movie. Um, it's a thankless. It's a. Yeah. It's kind of a why did you try? Type yeah. Thing. No, well, someone wanted to do it, and he was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I'll give it a shot." He was big then. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, that was that was a rough one. <clears throat> All right. Um so we kind of did this before uh movies you you love to hate. Mm. Um just be like movies that like everyone loves and stuff. But what's a movie you're ashamed that you hate? Like what's what's a movie that like you just I don't I wish I could love it but I can't. Uh, um, um well the first thing that popped into my head is is uh Looper. I hate that movie, and I hate it because I hate the the child actor, and, and, it, yeah. and it is one of those things where it's like if if you have a bad kid actor in the movie, it's hard for me to get over, and it sure. it is it is one of those like meme, very unreasonable, very one of those meme moments where you're like looking in the mirror like why are you like this? Yes, <laughs> but yeah, I I hate that fucking kid, and uh, I couldn't enjoy the movie. And the other thing is. So the things that kept me from enjoying that movie were the uh, prosthetic makeup on Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a big... The other thing, too, uh, is I'm not a Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan. So mm-hmm. when I didn't like that movie, it was just automatically, well, you just hate Joseph... You liked it. You just hate Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Shut, mm. up, shut up, Matt. You know, <laughs> you know exactly who said that to me. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I think I've even heard him say it. Yeah. Yeah, he always has these like I said, I'm I'm pretty good at detaching my like personal feelings. Like I will mm-hmm. sit and watch a movie and because I'm really into movies, so I want mm. to give it its fair shake. Um but like with uh the girl in Get Out, I was like, Yeah, she was fine. She's like, You're just saying that because she was in girls. Like, no. <laughs> I have no reason to say that, but then again, it's one of those things where it's like I know how I feel, but I don't really know how to communicate that. So <laughs> I don't know how to convince you that that's how I feel. So yeah. I guess this conversation's really over. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. So you, you're, you're like ashamed that you don't like it. Like, is it, I guess you're, it's you're one of those that just, I want to like, because, cause I want to like, I, I you like sci-fi. Faults. You have no, like in your mind, you, you don't have any real good reason to hate it other than you hate the Kitchout actor. Yeah. And Jorson wouldn't love its fake face. It's, yeah, it's like I hate that I have to look at this shit mm-hmm. with his, his prosthetics. And mm-hmm. then the kid is just like, well, this, like I, don't, I don't want this kid to survive. He's pissing me off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those where, in, um, I don't know, I feel like that was a kind of a 
for mainstream sci-fi was kind of dead at that time. So, and I like sci-fi, so it would have been nice to actually be able to sit and enjoy a, a science fiction movie. Yeah. But yeah, 2012. That's also the yeah. first thing. Uh, the first thing I thought of when you said that. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think mine is like the Kubrick stuff, like the stuff that people revere. You mm-hmm. know, like the, um, um, you know, the Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Or the um, or a space uh, two thousand one space odyssey yeah um, like those movies I don't like them I just so don't with that yeah no I understand um, and I but I understand like and we talked about it earlier it's like I understand how influential and why he's an important filmmaker and I like, think that the people who really love those movies they um you know it's it's kind of like I don't know drinking wine like you you have to develop your palate so that you, um sort of so to speak like though i those people if someone saw like left the theater seeing a clockwork orange and they're like masterpiece brilliant like i don't think you can make that snap judgment i think that's something you have to um dissect and digest and kind of sit with and it's not comfortable to sit with so no yeah yeah i don't uh, you know i I understand fine line because like where you go between like like digesting it and being obsessive over it. You know what I yeah. mean? <sighs> okay. So what is a movie that you're ashamed to admit that you cried at? Uh, hmm. I'm not a big crier. Mm-hmm. Um, Saint, I cried at the end of St. Vincent. Um, yes, but I think all three of us. All, yeah, because that was the first time we had Masters Ed on. I think yeah. we all, all three teared up. Yeah, and that, like, for some stupid movie. I mean, but it was effective. Yeah, it was effective. Like it wasn't like a, a masterfully made movie, but it was just like it was all. It all culminated in this really sweet, affecting moment. Right. Um. When I was. I'm I'm really not putting on a a, a facade here, um, okay. but when I was a okay Ryan kid, I I remember the uh, movie Andre. Why is, oh yeah yeah um, with yep. the the seal. Yes. I remember um, yeah. So this was 1994. I don't think I saw it in 1994, but um, <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Uh oh, never mind. <laughs> Said it was directed by George Miller, and I clicked on it, and the first thing that came up is trivia. Not to be confused with another Australian director, George <laughs> Miller, of the Mad Max movies. Yes. <laughs> but George Miller made Happy Feet, so I was like, yeah, this guy likes, you know, aquatic mammals. Yes. And and birds. Um Yeah, I remember um bawling my eyes out at Andre. Um, but I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm not much of a crier. Like I can, I, uh, uh, 2010, uh, Stanley cup championship, uh, St. Vincent 
and uh, my grandma's funeral, I think, were like the last three times I cried, and that's over the span of seven years. Oh, you are you're well. I I I'll I'm, give you that. No, I'll it's, tell you what. I'm. It's, yeah, I've been I've been I, in I therapy what, I, it, since I was like twelve years old, so I I, I have some issues. I, I get it. <laughs> um, but like, so it it hasn't been in since. I think it's been since like I had the kid is mm-hmm. that now I'm, I'm starting to get emotional because like there's movies like bad kid begins just made me ugly cry, you know? Yeah. That kind of stuff. But like, I'm thinking like older movies, like the ending of green mile. I remember like tearing up at that, you know, when, Oh yeah. Uh, that, that made me tear up. Um, one that really makes me ashamed, mm. very ashamed. <laughs> Is the ending of Armageddon? Oh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, to be fair, if if anyone out there has seen Andre, like, there's no need for like, like a tear, maybe. But I, I like was was ugly, ugly crying. Yeah, and I was, you know, I I'm really trying. I I don't know how. Again, I don't know how to communicate that I'm not putting on a facade. You're right. <laughs> Um yeah, Armageddon. Not not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It made me tear up. It yeah. Um yeah, her saying goodbye from like mission control or whatever. And, you know. Hey. People think it's stupid that I cried over a dumb hockey game, dumb sports game. But Yeah. I did. Uh okay. Uh from that to what who is the one director you wish would do all films so like a director you know hmm. maybe not your favorite director but a director that you're always safe with it like isn't ever going to make a bad movie oh no or an unwatchable movie oh, oh man i don't know if anybody's uh i don't know if anybody's safe uh See, for like for me, it it's would a be a hard like, one. I want to say Spielberg, but his like that, that's mine. Yeah, because, because like there's always something redeeming in it, even if it's cheesy yeah. and cornball-y. Yeah, but like he puts the effort in. It's there's something gonna be rewarded in it. Yeah, I'm trying to th- trying to think of someone who like made one great movie and disappeared. <laughs> they sh- they've never missed. They should direct them all. Um, who, oh, who did Primer? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Carruth, Shane Carruth. Yeah, he was the uh, he was the um, time travel consultant on Looper. So again, oh, well, another go. reason I <laughs> I want to like that movie. Um, yeah, I think S- Spielberg is a pretty safe choice. Um, Scorsese, I. His deep catalog, I haven't seen all of his, I don't think I've seen all of Spielberg's movies either. Probably not by a stretch for either of them. But yeah. Scorsese, well, I, know, I, know I Scorsese. like Scorsese's deep cuts enough that I, um, but Scorsese doesn't really do like fun movies. <laughs> like he, he can make a great movie that's really enjoyable to watch, but. It, you know, it yeah, doesn't, it's not it like doesn't, George Miller where he can go from like Mad Max to yeah. Happy Feet. Yeah, and then his doppelganger Babe. doing Andre. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is Australia another Australian doing uh what weird. What a world. What about like what about your boy um well yeah, Aronofsky. Uh I don't know. I mean I don't want to see like Aronofsky's made probably his, I haven't seen Black Swan, so that's probably his biggest mainstream movie. Um, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm I'm mixing up with uh with Winding Refn, Nicholas Winding Refn. Oh, because like I think you've liked everything he's done, right? Um, I did not like Only God Forgives, but I am resolved to watching it again. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like yeah. I I need to watch it again because I feel like I missed something. Uh, I don't know if I. He takes you on a pretty. He oh yeah, takes you it's on a journey easy. every time. Yeah. Um, like and, I could imagine him doing a Pixar movie. Yeah, like I love I love challenging movies, but I also love Toy Story, Monsters Inc., The Incredibles. I can't see Refn putting that touch on it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Spielberg. I'm trying to think of some Carpenter. Um, I I like a lot of John Carpenter's movies. Um, He's got some some rough ones in there, right? Yeah. I mean, there's there's some random. Oh just, yeah. Um, but he mixes the humor with the horror. Yeah, and all that stuff. yeah. I think that he could handle. Um, like he knows how movies work, and I guess that's what it comes down to: is like. Is there someone who just can consistently make a fundamentally sound movie to where, like, it's got to be, it's got to be Spielberg, right? Yeah, I it, like it, if you're gonna looking for safe hands, mm-hmm. yeah, like it, it has to be right. It, like, got to be because yeah. he's not taking on any projects that aren't. Obviously, he's not taking on projects that he doesn't. That aren't, you know, he's not going to do Black Swan, right? You know, but but he also when he finds something, he's passionate about it, and he he he, like, I'm sorry, my dogs, that's all right, hardcore. Um, uh, yeah, I I don't know that there's anybody else. I mean, Kevin Smith is right up there with me, and um, can't I? Can you trust Kevin Smith? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah, I I don't I don't know. There's uh, too many other, you know, Scorsese. He could probably do it. Like he's, I mean, yeah. he's in his early stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know he did that movie Silence here recently, which yeah. I haven't seen. I heard it's like really hard to watch. But uh, like in his like the Last King of Comedy. Um, like that kind of stuff. Like yeah, his early De Niro run is so great, right? In my opinion, um, but yeah. Um, so who would be like who? What? Okay, so we've asked. We've only had a couple people on the podcast, mm-hmm. but I don't think we've ever said like who we wanted to have a beer with. Mm. And what bar we want to be in when we drink that beer? <sighs> yeah, that's a good. That is a good question. Um, I. Oh, you know who? Uh, 
Uh, I don't know. Coen Brothers might be a good choice, too, for the previous question. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're um, right. I'd probably go with the dude. Um, I I think uh, hit up a, an, a, a authentic dive bar, like an actual just hole in the wall. Um, and, uh, you know, have a laid back time. Maybe, yeah. maybe go out to yeah. the patio. See, I, I think steam a little so reefer. Like, he'd be aloof though. Like he yeah. like, would be distracted. Yeah. You know, kind of like uh, Sam Elliott and him sitting at the bar. You know, he's ordering his white Russian. And, yeah. And uh, you know, a couple old uh, sodas. Sam here. Elliott. He's ordering his sarsaparilla. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't even know. Like I. You know who I wish was my bartender is Grady from really? The Shining. That's scary because he's gonna make you feel good about yourself. Like yeah. anything you've done in the wrong in the past. That's like true. He's Grady. You know, you know you uh, you know you cheated on your taxes, and well, they deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. See, to me too, like. I'm just thinking about myself and how I am with, uh, I'm not a big small talk, like forced conversation guy. Mm -hmm. I'm very talkative. Um, but it's, I'm selective with who I'm talkative with. I I would feel at ease with the dude. I feel like I could talk to the dude and I feel like that, uh, he'd be listening, but he wouldn't hang on my every word. Yeah, so, the, you'd know when you needed to like pull it back and yeah, you know, shut up and shut up and enjoy your Caucasian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and we both like bowling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you've been getting better. Oh man, I I don't even want to it, know. It'd be how... great to turn around and say, "Market, dude." Yeah, yeah, and that's it. I love uh, like, hey, if you want a good hole in the wall bar. Old bowling alley is is great. You got to find a place that's not these fucking fancy like cocktail bars where, you know, Christmas work parties are at. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think the bar I'd want to be in or just want to be a fly on the wall. I don't want to be in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Is the bar? Um, is the bar from Desperado? <laughs> that bar, like you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, like you're just sitting in. In a side booth, you're not. You're just hanging out there. Yeah, you're just cool. And all of a sudden, you know, someone walks in. What's in the guitar case? <laughs> My guitar. You know, and then all of a sudden, shit breaks loose. All of a sudden, you see like Steve Buscemi walk in and then walk back out. <laughs> Ooh, that's not good. Gringos are here. Um, I think you know who would be fun. To, like, you could probably party. Well, maybe not. Hmm. Hmm. Eh, eh. Now nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna change that because I I was thinking of Gringo and get the Gringo, but I was thinking like um of uh, Mel Gibson character from uh, uh Riggs from Riggs. from uh yeah Lethal uh, Weapon Lethal Weapon, but he he quit drinking whenever he married Renee Russo and like I can imagine it, but it got really dark. He'd pull out that one bullet he's been saving for mm-hmm. you know years and years. Mm-hmm. So um. Yeah. yeah, the 
or you know the guy you could be hanging out with the guys uh the titty twister from dust till dawn but you'd yeah you'd have to be you'd that's, have to be regulars you couldn't be like newcomers that's where as soon as you said that desperado that was like well the next logical step is, is vampires yeah. yeah or in that little tavern down in uh in, uh from inglorious bastards that seemed like a cool little tavern. It did for a, for a while, yeah. Nice little parlor game. Um, and then uh, the guns started blazing. I think about yes. other, other good movie bars. Uh, <clears throat> it, like, mm, shit. Because I you went real this generic with my thought. Five, my thought though. was like, you know what? A dive bar, of course. That's where yeah. I feel... My, at my most comfortable or um olivia wilde's character from uh drinking buddies and i could just Ooh. head on over to nola yeah. we have similar interests mm-hmm. she's a smoke show um yes. and uh you know uh we both ride bikes i've ridden my bike to work twice mm-hmm and uh, she seems She's to do comfortable in her skin. You'd like to be comfortable in her skin. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I like to take my shirt off too. <laughs> so I like to, um, and uh, you know, both uh, Chicagoans. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I tell you what. I'd, oh, you know, I'd, what I'd just love to hang out at Revolution. I that'd be a good time. Where's that? Revolution. Oh, Revolution. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another good bar would be at uh, the bar at Goodfellas, when they're you yeah. know all the guys are walking in. Yeah, the long take. Yeah. Well, no. Well, that's the the Coca. The Coca Cabana. Yeah. Yeah, that's more restaurant. I'm thinking the bar where um, you know Murray's always always like pestering mm. um, uh, Jimmy Conway. Yeah. You know, where's my money? Where's my money? And they have that little back room where they go. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I. <sighs> That's a dive bar. It is, yeah. I mean, it's got Christmas lights. Colored mm. Christmas lights are like a dead giveaway for... Yes. <laughs> like, And they're always up in February. Exactly, yeah. It's like, even if it's like, if you come in December and you're like, oh, that's so festive, come back around Easter. It's going to be the same, same, <laughs> yeah, same, uh, same, same lights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. You uh, you got to witness Tommy some would, shit. That's the only thing. Yeah, you, you gotta keep. Well, your Tommy, mouth shut. Tommy would be a good person to hang out for one night. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, you'd come out with a lifetime of stories. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> well, I think that that uh, gets to know us a little bit and it yeah. gives us a little. Insight into your and our psyches. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. That's fun. I like that. Something uh, different, too. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, he was uh, the only man I ever killed worth remembering.